Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Matthew Stafford starts to go down the field, gets within field goal range with three or four seconds to go. Now you can't, even if you kick a field goal, you're, the game's going to be over, so you cannot... Get an onside kick attempt. It's not going to happen. And they kick a field goal. The Rams kick a field goal, so they lose by seven. <laughs> so they cover. And I have to change my X to a W. Lot of happy and people, I text sure. Chuck Todd, and he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. And I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would bet that I'd bring that up to Chuck Todd later in the show. <laughs> I would bet on that. Michael is with us today. Nigel is with us today. Um, I don't have much of an open. Uh, I, I, I wanted to... This is one of the odd curiosities in life, and I don't know if this happens to everybody. I assume it does happen to everybody. I have sort of whined about this before, and I'm going to whine about it one more time. Um, every once in a while... We all get in the mail, we all get letters asking us to contribute money to a variety of charities. Sure. 20, 30, 40 different letters like this a year from a variety of charities. All the charities are good. I'm not knocking the charities. And every once in a while, I pick one out that I've not contributed to before, and I send them a check. Not for a tremendous amount of money. I send them a check. And then, and then within a month or two, I get letters back from them asking for more money. I expect that. I expect that. But what has happened lately with three or four of the different um, charities I've contributed to is they don't just send a letter. They send stuff. They send things in the mail. They send, honestly, I'm not making this up. They send pens and socks and bags and gloves and trinkets. And you say to yourself, doesn't this cost them money? Aren't they buying these things and sending them out? Why are they doing that? 
Have you gotten these things that I get? So, so I've never gotten the trinkets, but I'm sure this is just a volume game where they're trying to get some emotional pull to remind you that they're still in the wings waiting. Right. And as soon as you see that keychain or a pair of socks, never would have expected socks. that. Uh, I got two socks the other day. You know, if they get mm. you to make one more donation, does that account for the you know 15,000 units of keychain that they have in their warehouse just waiting to be sent out? So it just, I mean, it's, it, disturbing is too strong a word. It just, but I scratch my head at it. Like, really, you want money. Why you, you must be investing in, you know, a supply of these things. Or investing in the database. I mean, it's, it's a reminder as to how much work goes into raising money. Yeah. And I mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not vindictive i just just you're, curious. you're out of the cycle now yeah like then i go to another charity you know and i just try to be kind and do that but when i get these things in the mail i i wonder you're probably right mike well, you, you you have a very healthy attitude towards giving which is you're yeah. trying to spread some wealth yeah. around and i think it's an it's incredibly hard to get someone to make that first you know reach into the wallet to, to establish the relationship no but they want it they want money immediately as soon as you send the money, they want more money. And there's something about that. I'm not sure it's rapacious, but it's... It feels like there should be a, a little, bit of a pause. It's a little bit bothersome, right? Yeah. yeah, but if you don't ask, you'll never get it. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I thought you were going to mention, do you ever get those leaflets from like roof or gutter companies where it looks like it's written by hand? Yes. I find those misleading. Yes, yes. Well, I, you know, you learn... There are certain things you learn when there's no return address... When there's no real stamp, when there's that odd thing in the corner that's not a real stamp, and you go, oh, this is not a letter to me. This is somebody asking for money uh, in one way or another. I had the most wonderful experience last night. Harvey Stenger, who is the president of Binghamton, U- <coughs> Binghamton University, he was not the president when I went there, rest assured. Um, <laughs> you know, But he is the president now and has been for 10 or 12 years, was in Washington because college presidents have to go and lobby they have to seek out their state representatives and they have to find out what's going on and they want to try and maximize you know the 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 money that they get from the country from the state and he's in a great position to do that because one of our graduates is Hakeem Jeffries who is the minority leader in the house of representatives so Harvey saw him and he saw Chuck Schumer as well, who's a longtime senator from New York State and appears every year. Every graduation. Every graduation. Chuck Schumer is there, as he should be. Did he bring you a pair of socks? He did not. What Harvey brought Hmm. me um, was two beautiful tumblers, glassware that say Binghamton University on them, and they're beautiful. Oh, that's great. They're really nice. I think they're called, we've discussed this, Michael and I, highball glasses, we think. I think so. We think so. And they're just very lovely. And, I, and he said he had texted me a couple of days ago, and he said, look, I'm happy to buy you beer. You know, I'm in, I'm in Washington, buy you beer if, if it's not too much trouble on Tuesday evening. And I said, well, if it's not too much trouble, why don't you come for dinner and I'll grill? And he said, really? And I said, yeah, I'll grill. And I grilled. I grilled chicken. Um, Harvey thanked me in a text last night but we don't know if he's still alive today. Like, we don't know what well, the effect Harvey, of the chicken he was. He did not understand the rules, which is when you make chicken, chicken lasts you for two to three days, and Harvey finished the chicken. Yes, he ate, he ate substantial and copious mm. amounts of chicken, as did I. Chicken and this asparagus. This a family pack. Was it bone and thighs? No, no. Uh, this was the butcher box. 
the butcher box thing that I cooked. I cooked 25 minutes. I apply sauce twice. I turn every five minutes. Um, we had asparagus as well and and a lovely heirloom tomato with some mozzarella cheese. Now, are you able to host wall grilling or do you just... All, just yeah, we're, all we were attention? outside because it was such a lovely night. That was gorgeous. We were sitting outside and chatting and Binghamton had moved up in the ra- in the rankings, in the U.S. News rankings and in the Forbes rankings. And the Forbes rankings were the 20th public school, which is wonderful. Wow, top 10. There is some, yes, top 10. There is some talk that we are somehow behind the fraudulent Stony Brook, but I don't even want to hear that talk. Hmm. So we're like, I think, 73 overall and 40-something in public school, 30-something in public schools in U.S. News. They've revamped all their rankings, and a lot of schools are unhappy about this. We chatted about that for a while. And you didn't pull a Yale law and take yourselves out of the rankings? No, we don't do that. Because if, if, if other people take themselves out, we move up. <laughs> so we're, you know, that's good for us. So I just had... I just had the most wonderful evening, you know, I mean, it is, I know you're going to say, oh gosh, you know, famous people. And I do, I know famous people. For example, last night I texted Charles Barkley because my friend Steve Rose sent a picture of his brother and his brother's son at an event in Atlanta with Charles Barkley. And Chuck looks like he weighs 230. I mean, he looks great. Yeah. So I said, I just got this picture of you. I know you're at this event. He's promoting a vodka that he owns or something like that. I said, you look great, Ozempic. Mm. And he said, I'm down to 250. <laughs> I want to get down to 240. It's the greatest pill in the world. Yeah. So anyway, so I do know famous people. I have in my life, being a sports writer, I have met and I know famous athletes and people around sports. I do know them. But I... I was thrilled that the president of my school, who gave me the greatest honor I've had in my life, giving me an honorary doctorate, that the president of my school was here for dinner. It just made me, you know what I mean, Michael? Totally. It made me so happy that that happened. Yeah. You know, and so it was a, a lovely night. And I, I, I thought the chicken was good. Harvey said the chicken was good. But who knows? Again, if he's dead today from chicken poisoning, yeah. then I've... I've I made a mistake. But <laughs> yes. now how closely did you watch? Did you make sure he was enjoying it before you tucked into your own? Or Yeah, just sort of a food taster. I let, yeah, he took the first bite and said, it's juicy, it's wonderful, it's done well. He's going to say all those. He's a, he's a professional administrator. This is what he does. Yeah. He asks everybody for money. He's got to butter you up before he asks you for money. <laughs> yeah, did did we the... get to estate planning last night? Or it was, is that a, there was a slight mention. <laughs> there was a slight mention of, of stuff like that. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to give some money to school when I'm when I'm gone and you get that look like, why do you want to wait until you're gone? There's yes. tax benefits to doing it now. <laughs> and then you get involved in the figures, you know, and it's always, they always want one more figure than yeah. you want to do. <laughs> and then you explain how you grew up without anything. Anyway, I just had, I had a really good time. I'm really happy I did it. I'm really happy he came for dinner. It made me very happy. So we will get right to the show. Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. He is in Arizona. We believe in Arizona, And we'll ask what he's been doing. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Portalis. It is sent to us by Ronnie Cox. And Michael Granberry does the cover on this. <clears throat> and he writes, as an actor, Ronnie Cox has the distinction of appearing in one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. Dueling Banjos is the name it goes by, and to this day, it's a memorable staple of the 1972 film Deliverance, which was nominated for Best Picture. It was Ronnie's screen debut, for which he will be forever remembered for playing the guitar while a hillbilly boy plays the banjo. Along with Burt Reynolds, John Voight, and Ned Beatty, Ronnie was cast as one of the four businessmen whose lives are forever changed on an odyssey through the backwoods of Georgia. Ronnie now has a total of 145 screen credits, but he's a gifted singer-songwriter, which Michael Granberry discovered on a visit to Uncle Calvin's Coffee House in Dallas years ago. And he writes, I've followed his musical career with great interest ever since. <coughs> now he has given his permission below for you to play two of his songs. And one of them is Portalis, this song, which won Song of the Year in 2019 and led to Ronnie's induction in the New Mexico Music Hall of Fame, which is so that? wild. He plays in Michael Wilbon, and I read this from Michael's great friend and my friend Neville Waters. So I heard Tony mention the joy of playing golf with Mike and was compelled to write as I played with him the next day. He is former <coughs> neighbor Hans and myself played at Falls Road, a single whose buddy canceled out was thrown in with us. Since he was walking and playing from the tips, we didn't meet until the second tee. At that point, he realized who he was playing with and asked Mike, where are you from? Confirming that Mike was indeed Wilbon, he shared that his father was from just outside Chicago, but the guy grew up in the D.C. area and attended Landon. He was redeemed later when I found out his older sister had been a head cheerleader at Sidwell. Neville, of course, went to Sidwell. <laughs> As he texted his good fortune to his buddy who canceled, he suddenly looked up from his phone, turned to me, and exclaimed, and you must be the Neville he talks about. <laughs> yes, I'm that Neville, Chuck and Roxy, number 196. So you had golf two days in a row. How was it? It, it was um, thrilling to be out on two beautiful weather days. Tony, um, it was miserable. It was humiliating to be so the shadow of what I had been as a golfer, not that I was ever great. Right. But humiliating is humbling, very humbling to try to come back after, you know, a year away. Uh, just, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I'm this bad. So, I, you know, it just, it means I got a long way to go. Long, long, long way to go. How did you feel physically doing something for the first time in a long time back to back? In a car? Tired. Okay, tired. but I, yeah. You know, sore. Um, yeah, I mean, tired. I mean, exhausted. 
you know, for, the, for five months, I wasn't even allowed to really exercise. I couldn't do anything. I was totally immobile, except to be on a knee scooter. Right. Even in my home. So, you know, February, March, April, May, and June, completely immobile, other than a knee scooter. So, you know, does it come as a surprise? Not necessarily. But the, the reality is, oh my God, I stink. I can't. I can't. I can. This is this is actually harder than starting to play golf when I was thirty-seven years old. Um, and then for twenty-five years, I played. As you know, I mean, look for the first ten or twelve years, I play. I would play seventy rounds a year. I played nearly as many rounds as you do now. Yeah. Um, and so. It's humiliating. That, but when that, you played with me, you played with me, and I felt, you played 12 holes, I felt yeah. by 7 or 8 or 9, you were making good contact with the ball. And yeah. It wasn't going 220 no. yards, I understand that. But you were making good contact with the yeah, ball, I right? Better. I got better Friday with you um, and Mr. Bob Dolan. I, I did not get better like that on Saturday. It right. Just, you know... It's it's just uh, it's a wow. So I gotta I gotta lie. It's the only conclusion to draw that I'm in Arizona now. Yesterday I was able to see the surgeon who said you you feel you look great. So you're cleared. So go yes go get get out of here go play. Okay. Uh, but that that being able being cleared and being even good enough at it to want to do it are two different things. So those are two very different things. So you Great. go to the range for a while, no, God. right? It's more than that. Well, no, but I'm saying you, you, you. Yeah, for months. Yes, for months. Yeah. And luckily, I got Arizona, so I don't have to lay out. You know, after November first, I, I don't have to do, to lay out. I don't have to do that. All right. So we'll see how it goes. But it, it's. I'm grateful. Grateful. I'm not. I'm not taking this for granted. I'm grateful to be. There was no guarantee. That I'd be out there with you know my, on my own two feet. Right. That's so right. I I have that. I, I have that, and so it's like okay, let's do what we can to make this enjoyable again. All right. What brought you to Arizona? What are you doing out there? Uh, a couple things. Uh, several things. One, I, I you know I have a monthly check in right. uh, with the surgeon and other stuff like that. So a m- monthly, and uh, also um, my dear friend Robbie Petty was. Uh, uh, the I guess chair of a 20, 20th anniversary dinner for the first tea here in Arizona, and involved in that dinner and that celebration are Bob and Renee Parsons, as in Parsons right. Extreme Golf, as right. in PXG for people who may not know that. And Bob, of course, is uh, the I I guess I can say this: uh, he and Renee are dear friends. I when I do PTI out here. Uh, most of the time, overwhelmingly, I'm at a place called Sneaky Big Studios, and that's Bob Parsons. Yeah. And um, so Bob and Renee were involved. There were uh, professionals um, that were there. I, 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 somebody said that Wyndham Clark was there at the beginning, and I did not see him, and I'm told he's, he's also a neighbor. Haven't met him yet. Um, but, and then yesterday, uh, Devin Booker, that Devin Booker had his uh, second charity golf event. Um, and so he had asked me, you know, some weeks ago, hey, can you can you pop out? I was here last year at the first one. The first one he shared, he and Chris Paul had it. Now he's got to go solo now. Right. 
so that was fun. I mean, Devin Booker is just, a, you know, he's a, he's, Devin Booker is probably 26, maybe, maybe he's going to turn 27 this year. 27-year-old person who's going on 40 uh, is, is just a person, is a grown, responsible. You don't hear Devin Booker involved in controversy, do you, boys and girls? No, you don't. No. He's got tremendous parents. He's a tremendous person. I love Devin Booker. Um, and so if, if he says, hey, you know, and he's, 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 he has his event at a wonderful place called Silverleaf, um, which is here in North Scottsdale. So I did that um, yesterday evening. Diana Taurasi, who I love and lives here and plays golf and is just smart and funny. And, yes, she's a Hall of Fame player and one of the, what, ten greatest players of all time? Well, I think she's number one in the in okay, women's basketball. That's me. One, okay. I got well, the look, one. I have a one. I, I'm safe in saying Diana Taurasi won the ten greatest. Oh, sure. And I'm safe in saying I was going to say five. Hmm. She's just just wonderful to to hang out with, which I've done before. And so, um, you know, that was yesterday on a cloud. It, I've been here three days. There's no clouds. I haven't seen a cloud yet. And uh, so this is the time. Once the weather breaks here in mid-September. It's just, I, I can be here till June, to mid-June. Um, I don't need it to be, you know, 71 degrees. I, I like it warm because there's no humidity, there's no wind blowing, it's not Vegas. And so that, all of that stuff, you know, all that brought me here. And I will do the show today. Yeah. Um, so you got, you're stuck with me. But That's I, fine. I, I watched, uh, I watched, I watched the Mystics. Oh, they should have won that game. They should have beat the Liberty yesterday. I watched the end of that game with Devin Booker. It's always great to watch stuff like that with professionals, with great professionals, with all all league people, to hear what their comments are, what they think and what they see. It's, it's just sort of cool. This is so interesting. I ended up in the last two minutes of that game, mm-hmm. on that game, Yeah. and I watched New York come back and go ahead, and then I watched it go to overtime as both yeah. teams, neither team could hold on to the ball. They had no shots. They they could not make any plays. And I watch at the end, and inevitably, because New York is better, New York won the game. Very close game. New York won the game. And and I, you know, I watched it. Um, You were watching it too. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Oh, that silver leaf again. It's just you know, the time of day is it's tailor made for you out here, which I, I tell you all the time. Because the game, I look up. It's the sun is shining. We're out having just incredibly great food. And somebody says, oh, second half's just starting. Which, which of course, the game probably started at like four. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, four out here. And so you can watch these things at a crazy early time. The football games yesterday, they were pretty, I missed them. Because they started at four and five. Yes. Yeah, they were four both five. bad. They were, they were dull they were games. Bad. I, I couldn't watch they were just at, at dull games. But dinner. you told me, like, the other day you were bemoaning the Cubs. Yeah. I, the Cubs are still yeah. in it. Tony, they were in control of it. They were a game behind Philly. Philly, right. They were a game at one point. They were one game behind Milwaukee for the division lead. Right. Well, that's gone. Now they have no shot. They have, right. We finished the season against the Braves and Brewers. We, if we, can't, we can't beat the Rockies. We lost 8 of 10. Season over. And the other teams did not collapse. They didn't. The Reds hung in there. San Francisco, more or less, after we beat them, swept them. Hung in there. The Marlins hung in there. All the teams in the wild card. And then the Brewers pulled away from us. I think we're six and a half back. 
So no, this was a, and this is the kind of thing that I fear destroys the team, destroys the morale. So you think Everybody they're not? Do you think they're, they're not, not going to make the wild card? They're, they're, they're not making a wild card. Really? They're not making a wild card. Who's going to? Okay, the, they finish the season with the Braves. Right, the Braves. But the Braves, the Braves won't care then. The Braves won't care. The Braves will have to care. They might care. They might want to. No, they're not going to care. So the Phillies are going to make it. Yeah. And under them, yeah. you have as good a ch- you're you're in position to we're make in, it. We're in the third spot right now. I right. Just, I, we were in the set. We were a game out of the division lead. Understand? You're not hearing me? They're they're not going to make it. They co- they collapsed. They lost eight of ten at the worst time. And this was a season in which no one expected the Cubs to do anything. That's right. At the trade deadline, the question was buyers or sellers. And they decided to buy and get this guy, Candelaria. Wasn't he on the Nationals? Yes, he was third baseman, and he's a pretty he good player. He was terrific for a while. He's a good the player. He won every series yeah. after the break. And then we couldn't beat Colorado, last place Colorado. And we couldn't beat, um, we lost six of seven to the Diamondbacks. Well, the Diamondbacks are a playoff team, are they well, not? They're, well, they're, they're, they're the second playoff yeah. team after Philly right Yeah, now. they're not a bad team, the but Diamondbacks. But we lost six of seven, and like four of those games were one-run games. That's not good. So, I, you know, between the Cubs and the Bears right now, it's pretty... Yeah, the Bears stick. It's tough, tough, tough time for the us. The Bears stick. Tough time for us. Um, and that's, that's too bad. Yeah. I, the yeah, Bears... We have to start over. Uh, Do you have any particular impression of the first two weeks in a football season? Is there yeah. any particular impression you have about any team one way or the other other yeah, than the Bears? There are a few. I don't get carried away with these things like everybody on every network. Right. But the Cowboys look really good. They after do. Two games, the Cowboys look really good before after two games, and it means nothing. Um, don't ever put your eggs in the basket that belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. Because I don't believe in them again, and Joe Burrow looks, you know, worrisome. Yes, agreed. Uh, because of his calf injury. Um, other than that, no. I mean, you know, I, the, the Cowboys, maybe they're, maybe the Cowboys and 49ers are headed toward one of those collisions like they did in the 1980s and mm-hmm. maybe even early 90s there again, where they played these playoff games, these epic games, and, and chased each other into the conference championship. But other than that, you know, nobody looks great other than those two, maybe. Nobody in the AFC, which is loaded. Um, and then in college football, nobody looks great, which is why the Dion story and the Colorado story is so compelling. To be the most watched game. Star, 10 o'clock start. Night game. By the way, yes, that destroyed your theory. Because no. people, people do live someplace other than Potomac. Well, no, but it, do, it, across America, it doesn't destroy my like theory at all. It doesn't destroy my theory at all because so many of the people that watched that game were actually on the East Coast because Deion okay. Sanders is a compelling figure. And that's why they moved that game to a 3.30 start well, on that's Saturday. Dumb. That's dumb. The Oregon game... That game should never start a minute before 7. The, that's dumb. The Oregon game is going to be... Yes, I understand. In the West, no. it, it's going to be the highest. The reason they did it, Mike, is because it's going to be the highest rated game of the year. It is. No, yeah, until next week when they play USC. Well, not, but no, night. not if they lose. Then it would. Well, maybe, maybe not. But they play Caleb Williams and USC next week. 
I don't know about that, Tony. I'll make you another bet. I'll make you a bet that this game is not as viewed as last week's game. Because Saturday night means something to people besides most of us going to bed at 9 o'clock. Saturday night means, I remember when we did the George Michael show, the highest ratings we got and the largest share we often got were on the Saturday night midnight repeat. Hmm. Okay? Okay. Because not everybody's in bed at 9. Sorry. And so there are people who Saturday night you come in and you're, it's Saturday night. <coughs> it's not Saturday at noon when there's a million other things to do for people, particularly in places like Los Angeles which is slightly bigger than Washington, D.C., or in the mountain time zone, or in the Midwest, where it's 2.30. I got stuff to do at 2.30. Mountain time zone doesn't matter. West coast, east coast, central. Yeah, you know. Mountain time zone is cows. That game is on at 3.30. It's cheap. But There's you know, nobody awful. there. Nobody lives there. And so I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm going to have to have divided attention to that game. And there are other good games on, too, with Ohio State. No, there's and, great and games this game. week. There's oh, yeah. great games this week. There's four or five of them. All right. I'll see you later. Thank All you. Right, Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, will take a break. Chuck Todd will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is the actor Ronnie Cox, whose music was sent to us by our friend Michael Granberry. This is a song called Bus to Baltimore. It was a 2018 winner in the prestigious Round Glass Music Awards. It's really cool to think that people who are actors you know want to go out on stage and play music and are good at it it's really lovely Michael if uh, Ronnie Cox or people like Ronnie Cox who are known for one thing but are independent musicians in another if they want to send us their original music how do they do it send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com and I'm sure you're feeling it these mornings are a little cooler yes shacket season I'm wearing my shacket right now my Johnny O shacket and as we wait for the coffee rankings to finish up TK Coffee One will help you out at johnnyo.com a lot of good fall offerings Uh, find your school yeah I need to um, I need to start finishing the coffee ice creams a little sooner. <laughs> like, I forgot to eat it last night. I forgot to eat the coffee ice cream. Chuck Todd is with us. Chuck Todd is killing it. Yeah. Okay? Like, Carville killed it last year. Chuck Todd killing it so far. Six and one last week. Ten and four overall. He's the only person over 500. In fact, he's the only living creature over 500 because the monkey <laughs> is way under 500. Awful. And Chuck got the gift... The gift that keeps on giving last week. So, 
tell the people what yeah. you did with the San Francisco L.A. Rams game. I took the Rams, right? Plus eight. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I knew as soon as I couldn't believe when he lined up for the field goal, and I thought four seconds, will they go three seconds? Are they going to let him get a kickoff? And then on the, you know, you start going through the scenarios and then on the kickoff, not only do you have to recover the onside kick. You have to kick, score. You actually have to, it has to be a scoop and score. Yes. The onside kick. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, you've got to somehow pull that off, which I don't know if has ever happened. In fact, in fact, I've actually benefited from covers going the other way where somebody attempts the onside kick and the other team returns it for a score and you get the uh, backdoor cover that way. Um, but that happened. And I was, I actually was looking at my watch and said, how quickly is Tony going to going to text me on yeah. this one? Like, yeah, sure. No, you yeah. were you were just on fire on this. You, it, you're looking for. I mean, you're. It sounds like you're looking for a Warren commission on this. The Rams. The Rams are down ten. There's three or four seconds to go in the game. They line up for a field goal. The announcers say, "Well, and the 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 play is going to take four, five, six. Seven. They're not going to get another play. It's not. Everybody is determined that they're not going to get another play, and they're going to kick a field goal anyway." And, I mean, I can understand maybe you think you're going to get another play if you're Sean McVay or maybe you want to see your field goal kicker in action under extreme circumstances. Whatever rationale you have, you kick the field goal. You are an eight-point underdog. Rams plus eight. You're down ten. Suddenly you're down seven and you win. Now, Chuck, you know gamblers. That's remarkable. they got to go crazy. Well, it is. I was crazy in, in a happy way. Yeah, but, um, you won. Uh, but what, were, what was he supposed to do? I, you know, are we supposed, you know, we, we go through this. When, when do you determine that two scores, ah, forget it, we're never coming back. Are you supposed to kneel down if you're losing? Like we would rat, we would, he would get crap for that. Yes. What if he had scored a touchdown on the last play to cover the spread? Would, would you, would we have had an issue with that? No. I would not have because it wouldn't have. This was so close to the number, and I'd sort of assume that fifty percent of yeah. the people watching are saying what no, at this point. At yeah. this point, if you're watching that, yeah, right. Like you only care about one thing. You're only caring about the point. You're back, bad. Right? So you you're, won. Yeah, and you're yeah. six and one on the week. Second week, ten and four overall. Let's give mm-hmm. you the and games. Let's, can mm-hmm. we? Let me. Let me just one little whiny piece. Let's remember. I don't pick the games. No, we pick the games for you. That's Mr. right. Mr. Ma and Mr. Carvel pick their own Ma games. Pick their own games. Yes, right. You know, I'm, I just pick my nose and pick your game. There you so go. There we go. <laughs> Here we go. The New York Giants are plus ten at San Francisco. San Francisco may well be the best team in the NFL. The Giants might have. The Giants. Wow. You know they get Dallas and San Francisco in two of their first three, and this is a Thursday night game. They may mm-hmm. have saved their season by coming back against. Was it Arizona? Arizona, a bad yeah. team. They may have saved their season uh, by doing that, but they are, and they are plus ten at San Francisco. I don't. That's a big number, but San Francisco's good. And and, and, and Barkley is likely not to play. Well, likely right. not. Although I saw something early this morning on ESPN <laughs> that they're not ruling them out. Saquon Barkley, they're not. Hey, my favorite conspiracy theory is Arizona went at halftime, and 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 the owner called down and said you realize we're supposed to tank for the first pick, don't you? <laughs> and then suddenly, right. suddenly Arizona was a different team. I mean, it wasn't that the Giants certainly got good there. Um, I, you know, this, 
I'm going to go with San Francisco. I actually wouldn't bet real money on this because I think these Thursday night games are tricky, right? You don't know who's rested, who's not. Big numbers on a Thursday night game, I think, are tough. I, I, I really wanted to take the Giants when when uh, Nigel gave me the line at ten and a half. Yeah, last went night down. this changed, and that 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 hook. I, I'm, I'll stick with the with the Niners here, but um, but these. If you told me that Dayball suddenly, you know, figured out a way to at least keep this within the number and kick a field goal in the last ten seconds, then right. uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. All right, we move on. Tennessee, which is a mediocre team, is at Cleveland. I'm sorry, Cleveland stinks. Nick Chubb is out for the whole year. They are completely dependent upon Deshaun Watson. That is not a winning strategy. And Tennessee is getting three at Cleveland. You hear which way I would go in this game. But but Tennessee isn't a good team. They're not. But I I have no faith in Cleveland. What do you got? But more importantly, this is a uh, Vrabel-like game. Sorry, I can't say Vrabel-like. Vrabel-like game, meaning it's going to be ugly. It's going to be messy. It's going to be dirty. And he always wins those games, right? I mean, that's just... Yes, wins close, bad games. always wins these horrible, I don't want to watch it, get it off my red zone games. Um, I'm with you. Give me, give me 10 in the points. Okay. New Orleans, which is 2-0, and is at Green Bay, which is not 2-0. and um, Jordan Love failed in the last four passes. That was, that was painful. Yeah. That was painful. You're was a Packer like fan. Time. Yeah. You were, you were sitting there going... Aaron Rodgers gets that field goal. Yeah. Like, is there any doubt, right? Aaron Rodgers gets the ball with 55 seconds left, down a point, and he's only gonna has win to the go game. 40 yards. Yeah, he's going to win the game. Jordan Love did not. He threw four panicked passes. Bad passes. It looked like, yeah. They, not it close. It looked like a guy who panicked back there. Yeah, yeah. so that that's what you got. You are at home. New Orleans is 2-0, mm-hmm. but they are a weak 2-0. They're, you know, they're not very good. Agreed. But they're giving New Orleans two on the road before the snow yeah. season. So, what do you I, got? I, I, I like, this is, I think, his home opener as a starter, Jordan Love. Uh-huh. Uh, I like, I, I do like the Packers uh, here. I think they're going to be a team that can beat the mediocre teams pretty consistently, though the Atlanta game was scary. Um, and if Aaron Jones is healthy. So, uh, give, me, give me the Packers. Okay. Speaking of the Atlanta game, Atlanta is getting three and a half at Detroit. Detroit lost in overtime to Seattle. They didn't sort of justify the hype from beating Kansas City in the first game, but they looked pretty good. I have to say they looked pretty good. Atlanta was a surprising winner in that game with a very confident call by Arthur Smith, who's probably the potentially the richest coach in the league, because his... he could call a nepo coach. Although my kid got called a nepo, that would be funny. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> my his... kid got called a nepo baby, and and he came home and goes, "What's that?" And I went, "Oh lord, yeah. oh man, sorry, yeah. buddy." Uh, and I was like, "Call Michael; he'll let you know." Um, right. So, Arthur Smith is the son of Fred Smith, who owns FedEx. You know, it's I, it, I actually admire this. That he chose this path in his life and he's been successful. Bill Lambie. You know, Fred's grandson, by the way, Fred's grandson was a kid whose first name, ready for this, was Cannon. Cannon and like, Smith? And guess, guess what position he played? Quarterback. I mean, if you're going to name your kid Cannon, yeah. you might as well make him a quarterback. Yeah, he was on Miami. He, he, he went to Miami for a couple years as a, as a backup. So, no, they're, they're a football-obsessive family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill Lambier, who everybody knows – 
you know, as a, a basketball player, and everybody has an opinion whether he was a clean or dirty player, but he was a very effective player. His dad was like the president of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. And he was the richest guy entering the NBA, not necessarily exiting the NBA, but entering the NBA. I always admired that. Atlanta, with a great win late, is getting three and a half at Detroit. And the, Atlanta's not a good team, but we don't know about Detroit. Who you got? This is a tough game. I agree it's a tough game. This is sort of one of those, if Detroit's, if you want to be the darling play, new playoff team, then you better win this game. Yes. Right? Like, this is, this is one of those, you know, if you really want to stop being the Detroit Lions and start being something different, you got to win this game. Um, I, I still don't know how Atlanta won that game. I'm, I'm still in denial about it, so give me the Lions. Okay. Philadelphia is at Tampa Bay, and it's Philadelphia minus five. And it was Philadelphia minus five and a half, and it went down to minus five. And my response to that is, are we living on the moon? <laughs> I, what? <laughs> what? I understand Tampa Bay's 2-0. and I understand they've looked well, good. Baker Mayfield's look good. But yeah. what? Go ahead. And it's in Florida, though, right? It's on the road. And yep. Which means that they... I, I, I'm with you. This The, the line smells. Yeah, it does. You know, there's some, some gamblers out there like to say, oh, there's always a stinky line, right? And this one, you're like, this one doesn't make sense, which is, of course, just when you should probably go with the underdog. Right. Right. You know, and this one, I won't, because are you really going to take... Um, it, it, you know, do you? It feels like these Eagles just are going to figure out they'll do whatever they need to do to win, even if it's kind of ugly right now. I, I just can't imagine them losing. And then at this point, you're just asking them to cover a touchdown. I, I give me, give me the Eagles, but I'm with you. This line smells. There's something fishy about it's very it. Very weird. And here's another one that that is. It's hard for me to believe. Pittsburgh is at Las Vegas. Las Vegas isn't any good. Now, I'm not saying Pittsburgh has no offense. They have no offense, but they have a really good defense. Pittsburgh just won a game. Um, maybe it's a short week because it was a Monday night game. But Pittsburgh is getting two and a half at Las Vegas. I'm surprised by that, Chuck. Are you? Well, I think that performance was so bad. But I'm, I'm also surprised for it this way. Who do you think is going to have more fans at that game in Vegas? Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Steelers fans travel. I, you know, I, I understand the move against Pittsburgh, right? If you watch Pittsburgh, you're like, ooh. That's right. Bad or, offense. Yeah, that, that, that's, not a, that's not a good offense. But they're playing the Raiders. The Raiders aren't who good. don't look any good at all no. on either side of the ball. No. Um, Josh Jacobs looks lost back there. I say that as a fantasy owner of having two fantasy teams. Very frustrating. Uh, I don't like this game, but I'll, I'll go with the Steelers. Um, this is a good teaser game because there's no way the Raiders would cover a touchdown or, or more on this. So you'd be able to tease the Steelers with another team, tease them up to eight points, eight and a half. Then suddenly you're you're into some. I'll let yeah. Carvel do something like that. With yeah, <laughs> Carvel. Yeah, Tibor Latchley. Yeah, right. right. Uh, last game is. Top. I'm not going to get into that. I, I I saw what Carvel did with you on all that. I was like, oh man. Yeah. Not, By the way, the next there. time you're on uh, Ari Melber's show, you can say <laughs> you're killing it on the Tony Kornheiser show. <laughs> right. and he can say who? Yes. Who is that? Who is? You that? know what? I I have uh, I have not appeared on MS in, in, in a long time, and I'll just leave it at that. 
Okay. But this is motivation to go do it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Ari actually is a pal. I, I've been dying to find out if he has picked up on uh, on on, uh, on some of the uh, gentle rib- ribbing that you have yeah, given him. Very gentle. <laughs> All right, last game. Buffalo, which had a very good bounce-back game at home, is on the road in Washington. They are minus 6.5. Washington, like... Tampa Bay is 2-0 and when you just say, is it real? Is it real? So look at those two lines, Tony. Look at those two lines. Buffalo, 6.5. Right. Philly, 5.5. Well, down to 5. Right. Down to 5. Right. Or down to 5, right? Yeah. Washington and Tampa, who would you favor? I, I, I Where don't is know. It? I think Washington. I think... I, my point is, is that it does look like they think Tampa's better. Here. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm. You know not, what I mean? Like, and I, I'm with I don't. you. I think Washington's better than Tampa. I think. I do. I think so now. Yeah. You know, home game. Buffalo's a good team, and Buffalo is probably still carrying the sting of the Jets game. That's that's my thought. What about well, you? Well, but they rolled. I don't know. They rolled pretty well last week. Yes. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen was Raiders. very good. Very over good. that bad bad Raiders team. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do with the commanders here yet. I don't know whether they've just beaten two bad teams uh, and they're, they're just because they're, they have two competent coaching staff, they're going to beat the bad teams. Um, but I think six and a half is a lot. I don't trust Buffalo to cover that. Give me, give me, uh, give me the command, give me the commanders and the points. Okie dokie. Sorry, Reginald. Yeah, we'll I, see I, what Reginald does. But you know, <laughs> Reginald makes a mistake. Nigel, I, I, why, why is he betting with me? <laughs> you know, isn't this is the mistake. Well, I think he was with you on the. Um, I think the only game you twice. lost. Yeah, on the only game yeah. you lost. <laughs> right. He was so, with you. So I, with me. Yeah, yeah I think Reginald's the curse for you. Yeah. yeah. So yes, clearly, yeah. all right. Stop betting. Yeah. Stop picking my games. Then. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. Goodbye, guys. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we gave you Chuck Todd, that would be more than enough. But we give you more than Chuck Todd. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo. Sing along, everybody. Reginald's got the bites by two. Sometimes he throws poo, a poo, 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 poo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So what has he got? Well, let's he just stinks. Let's he just be honest. Three last week. It has not been a great start to He's the year. He's one in five for Reginald. No. Yes. So I went down to the zoo. He was zooming with some sort of board of inquiry. Yeah. Turns out he was the pilot in that F-35 that ejected and crashed. What happened to that? So he sort of had an aside with me in a break in the meeting. Uh, and apparently he was having a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Like Elvis. Right. Like Elvis. And was hitting a button to listen to some music. As he told me, the monkeys, of course. <clears throat> yes. And hit the wrong button. He hit the eject button. he ejected. Button. Yeah. So he's on the hook for this $80 million for the plane. Now he better bet better than yes, this. Yes. So he needs to pick it up. And the first match we gave him was uh, Cleveland at home uh, giving three against Tennessee. I know you're against him on this one, but he showed me a picture of him running with the Bulls alongside Hanford Dixon, a very elderly but very spry Bob Feller, and Joe Charbonneau. So that okay, tells me he's, yeah, he's going to take, the, uh, take, take the, the Browns. So the next match we gave him uh, was Tampa Bay at home uh, getting five from Philly. And he showed me a lovely photograph of him just wandering all over Easter Island with Mike Allstott, Warren Sapp, and Martin Gramatica. 
And he's going to take Tampa Bay. He's going to take Tampa Bay. And as Chuck says, this line smells. Yes. Yes, it does. It smells. As does the last one for the uh, the Washington football team getting six and a half at home. Should point out there is a likelihood that there is going to be rain on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, is that right? Yes. So okay. we'll see if that impacts it. I think Reginald has uh, had his eye on that, but he showed me a photo of him at base camp at Mount Everest with Richie Pettibone, babe. Uh, Clint Didier and Mike Nelms about to scale Everest. Not sure if they made it, but they were there. So he's going to take the Washington football team. So he's going with Chuck. He's going to go with Chuck on that one. He's going with Chuck on, on Which, three times now. This is the third time he's yes, going with Chuck. Yes, and he's over two. So he's over two, as is Chuck. Okay. That's good. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. But don't send in faxes. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Jason Fuse, thank you very much. Najee, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad for us? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That will do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, Kathy, I said as we boarded a Greyhound in Pittsburgh, Michigan seems like a dream to me now. It took me four days to hitchhike from Saginaw. I've gone to look for America. I'm going to finish the regular read here and get back to this. That's a Paul Simon lyric, one of the great songs of the many great songs Paul Simon has written, and I'll get back to it. First, I want to thank our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Chuck Todd. I want to thank our sponsors, ZipRecruiter and Simply Safe. And remember, I'm reminding you this, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let me get back to this song. Paul Simon was born in 1942 or 1943, something like that, in New York City. And his vision of America when he was 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22 and 23, when he was writing these brilliant songs, his vision of America was the post-war, baby boom, vision of America with an East Coast version. Okay, we had just won World War II, the United States, we were ascendant, we were the number one place in the world, and we thought, as a culture, that we would succeed in everything we did. This is not to say that we had equity among everybody in America. I'm not going down that road. We didn't. And we have spent the next 50 and 60 years trying to make sure that we do have it. But at that period of time, if you were looking for what America, the symbol of what America stood for, it was the Statue of Liberty in New York Harbor. So there's a point in this song where Paul Simon sings and he's having bouts of loneliness and anxiety and, and he knows that 
it's not all going to be great, but he's hopeful it's going to be great. And he sings, counting the cars on the New Jersey turnpike. They've all come to look for America. That's the thing I want to tell you about, that it was not, in that period of time in Paul Simon's mind, it was not that period of time in Brian Wilson's mind. Because Brian Wilson was in California, and in a very short amount of time, California was going to be that dreamlike state in America. But in Paul Simon's mind, this song was New York was that dreamlike state, that you could go to New York where everybody came through New York, right? Everybody came through New York, and New York and what turned out to be I-95 were the way that you put your roots down in America, the way that you succeeded in America, the way the door was open to you in America. It was through New York City. And I said this to Nigel the other day. I am always reminded when I hear this song of something sort of cross-cultural, and that is the bus trip that John Voigt as Joe Buck oh, yeah. takes um, in Midnight Cowboy. He, he wants, he's coming up the New Jersey Turnpike because fame and fortune and happiness is going to be found in New York City. Yeah. <coughs> he doesn't know he's going to find Dustin Hoffman as rat so rich. <laughs> right. <coughs> Stuffing food in his pockets. Mm-hmm. Let me just get some water here. But that... Yeah, I always... Yeah. That to me is, is what Paul Simon is about. The optimism of America at that point goes to New York City. I mean, my parents moved from New York City to Long Island. Why did they do that? For the schools. For the public schools. They were going to give, they were not college graduates themselves. They were going to give their child a chance through the public school system. And that's how it was viewed. All right, am I done? Now, yeah. could, could you find a Chick-fil-A open on this turnpike? <laughs> not on a Sunday. I always think of that movie, um, Brooklyn. Remember that? It's a great movie. Yeah, and that's sort of it's like, you know. great movie, Yeah, Brooklyn. it really is. Absolutely great movie. What's her name? Cersei Sher- Ronan? Yeah, uh, Cersei Ronan, I think. It's just a great movie. Yeah. It really is. All right, let's get to a few mailbag things. From Aubrey Grace, my father, Barry Grace, the five foot seven inch, 220 pound guy, not the male stripper, <laughs> has been a loyal listener for over 20 years. When I was in high school, we would travel to summer football camps across the country, listen to the show for hours on end. Some of my best memories with my dad are laughing to the point of tears at the show on these trips. These trips ended up paying off as I received a scholarship to play D1 football, and I could not have done it without my dad. I'm extremely appreciative to him. It's safe to say he's a little through and through. I'm in college now, but I love visiting home and waking up to dad drinking coffee in his TK mug. A few weeks ago, he went to the Littles meetup in Montgomery, Alabama. So excited to brag to fellow Littles about his stripper story being read on the air. Unfortunately, dad was the only one that showed up. I was pretty bummed out, considering several people had claimed they would show up. A few years back, you guys wrote him a letter with a sticker. That letter and sticker is now framed, hanging up in my parents' house. Dad's birthday is September 19th, so that's yesterday? Yesterday. Today? Yesterday. He's turning 50. It means so much to him, not only to him, but to me. If you guys could give him a shout out or even send him some merchandise for his birthday and gave us the address. We don't do that. No. We don't, we don't say happy birthday to people. No. If we, we wish we did. Yeah, if, if we, we did, did, we would say happy birthday. Yeah, we would do that to Barry Grace, yeah. of course, but it just sort of violates policy. From Summer <laughs> Satchwell. My name is Summer. I grew up with my dad having all your books as his bathroom reading material. Good. When I was little, I was always distracted by the cover of I'm Back for More Cash. When I was little, not a little. As a child of five, seeing a wheelbarrow of $100 bills was crazy to me. So I would sit and stare at the cover for hours, trying to figure out how much money was in the wheelbarrow. A few years later, once I learned how to read, I picked up I'm Back for More Cash, read the entire thing cover to cover. Shortly after, followed Pumping Irony and Bald as I Want to Be. I just wanted to write you and say sincerely thank you. 
Those books were some of the funniest things I've ever read. Granted, I had to ask my dad about a few of the references because I was born in 1997. They're truly some of my favorite books of all time. Whenever I'm feeling down, they're always good for a laugh. And I think we need more of that in the world now, especially today. So thank you for making me laugh. Michael would point out, of course, they're not really books. They're right? more of a collection of... Yes. Yeah. They're just recycled junk. <laughs> yeah. But they were funny once and yes. maybe twice. And yes. Thank you, so They sent us to private school. <laughs> yeah. From Gus Carianus in South Glens Falls, New York, which that I know well. Gus Carianus? That one. I will surmise that discussion regarding rotisserie chicken is now complete, for which your listeners are no doubt thankful, but I regretfully have a late entry. His name is Winston, <clears throat> and if he attacks me one more time, he may end up joining the ranks of the chicken at Costco, Sam's Club, and Giant, among others. Winston is a beautiful bird, but with what likely could turn out to be a fatal flaw. Ask Michael if he has any good recipes, and he sends a picture of Winston. Oh, he is. Which a, looks like a rooster. It looks a bit like a rooster. Doesn't look like a chicken. I'm not sure we can't eat that one. Yeah. No, I think that's a rooster. Isn't it a rule if you name the animal, you can't oh, eat them? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, sorry, um, from Patrick Sitter in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, based on your experience, what pharmacy has the best rotisserie chicken? <laughs> don't have any of that. From Jim Lukens in Naperville, Illinois. Mr. Tony, I caught some of the MLB worst team derby last night with my White Sox visiting your Nats. Me too. Dom Smith. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Dom Smith did a long solo home run to right center, 419 feet. Unfortunately, it was a solo shot with two out in the bottom of the ninth in a 6-0 game. However, I see Dom's lifted his home runs to double digits, 10, and RBI to 43. Sounds like he's heating up just in time for free agency. It's a godsend. Okay. I think if there is such a thing as a statistic for meaningless home runs, Dom Smith leads the majors. I would like to know if any of his home runs, any of his 10 home runs, have resulted in either tying the game or putting the Nats ahead in the game. I'm going to bet the under on that. I'm not sure that they have. There's a big late season push, although he went over last night. He went over four last night. Yeah, and he's gotten his numbers up, but they're not respectable numbers for power position. They're just not. He's going to finish with about 12 and 50, right? Yeah, so what was your final uh, RBI total? Do you think it's going to be 50? Yeah, I think 45. I set the over under at 45. Okay. What is he's it now? Hit, he's got 40. Yeah, he's going to hit the. I think he's going to hit over. My new favorite, Nat, did you watch last night at all? I did not. Bummer. Who? A player named Bummer. His name, His name is Bummer? Bummer, yeah. <clears throat> really? A big Bummer. I know that Rick Rutledge out. pitched again and pitched much better Fantastic than he pitched the first time. Fantastic name. He should be pitching for the Orioles. <laughs> Here's another one from Ethan Hennessy in Cockeysville, Maryland. I discovered your podcast a few months ago. I've been listening ever since. I live north of Baltimore. My buddy Christian and I wanted to see a baseball game together, but we couldn't find a date towards the end of the season here that worked for us aside from this one Monday night Nationals game. So we decided to go down to D.C. and take in a mid-September weeknight game between two basement teams. This is the White Sox, along with a few thousand other people. As we're getting close to the stadium, I mentioned your podcast to him and how you watch the Nationals every night. I bring up the fact that there's a running joke about one of the players, Dominic Smith, who's an everyday player with poor stats, and when he does perform, it is in the most inconsequential game situations. We stroll into the stadium and we're watching the game. The White Sox are holding the Nats scoreless and have managed to put up six runs over the course of middle innings. We get to the bottom of the ninth, two out, nobody on. 
The stage is perfectly set for our hero, Dom, the RBI machine Smith. <laughs> Steps up to the plate. I tell Christian, if Dominic Smith hits a home run here, I'm emailing Tony's mailbag. The pitch is thrown, cracked, the ball lands in the outfield seats. I'm losing my mind (laughs) at having just witnessed one of the most satisfying scenes in all of North American professional sports, the Dom Smith inconsequential home run. (laughs) Apparently, some chirping was had and both benches cleared. Once order was returned, the next man up struck out to end the game. The Nats were officially eliminated from the postseason contention. I left the ballpark having been thoroughly entertained. Thank you, Ethan. Um, from Stephen Good, or Goody, G-O-O-D-E, I guess it's Good, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Dear Mr. Tony, I was in my local grocery store this past weekend perusing the freezer section for a pint of ice cream. That's when I came across an abomination that should simply not exist. Kim Kirkchen may disagree with me, but Buster only will absolutely take my side. I've attached a picture, but for those not watching on News Channel 8, the product's called Cato, C-A-D-O. It is packaged exactly like a pint of ice cream, and the packaging describes it as an avocado frozen dessert and dairy-free. I mean, come on, man. Mm. What are we even doing here? Avocado and he sends a ice picture. cream. Avocados avocado. can be creamy. Uh, yeah. So it wouldn't be Kato, it'd be Cotto. Cotto, yeah. I guess it would be Cotto. I'm sure Tom Brady enjoys that. From Elaine Applegate in Island Heights, New Jersey, you are a Luddite, a doctor of letters, but nonetheless a full-fledged Luddite. A Luddite is a person opposed to new technology or new ways of working. I know what it is. <laughs> I am one. Thank you for the background picture of Tom Mosser's golden retriever at the museum looking at the tennis ball on PTI. Made me happy looking at it. My golden of 13 years just passed on less than a month ago. The current picture is also fantastic. The current picture the is Chessie in outer space. Chessie in outer space. And who painted that? Jason painted that. Who walks Chessie. That's so great. Yes, it's wonderful. Brilliant. And who listens to the show. From Brandon Barz- Borzelli in Lebanon, New Jersey. It's so difficult keeping track of booster names, acronym names, pharmaceutical company names, and schedules. Wouldn't it make more sense to just assign Roman numerals to the shots? Instead of the bivalent or comet natty, it would be much easier to say IV or V. The Olympics and the Super Bowl does this. Why not shots? You walk into CVS and you simply say, give me a V. And then maybe you tease it with a college game that Carl will put a triple play on. One more from J.J. Gottschalk in Silver Spring. Foxes are often described as dog hardware running cat software. Okay. There you go. Okay. Because they, come on. Yeah. They look like cats. They have a feline appearance. They look like cats. You're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, to wear white. Now, if there's anything I can do for well, you. I certainly hope you'll die soon. I certainly hope you'll die soon. <laughs> was declined It's what the cashier told me Said you're holding up the line The pretty girl behind me Rolled her eyes and shook her head I was digging in my jeans for my last ten dollar bill that I was dead But that's life In Portales The only place we're better than Is Dallas That life In Goober Gulch God help me please Well I was there Buying beer 
is picking up some cheese. <laughs> and while the cashier was engaged in higher mathematics, we began to shoot the breeze. She said, I think I know you. Didn't you used to work down at Sears? I said, yeah, but that was back when I was in high school during my second junior year. That life in Portales. I told my favorite team was whoever was playing Dallas. Last life in Cooper Gulch. some Velveeta. She said, yeah, them fancy foreign cheeses stink. That life in Portales. Who'd have thought that I'd run into Alice? That life in Goober Gulch. so-called sophisticated friends who turn their nose up at Rolling Rock and those same damn snobby people go for cheese that smells like a week old sock this was a match made in heaven it was the best day of my life Come next Christmas morning I'm gonna make her my third wife Merry Christmas From Portales Even St. Francis of Assisi hates Dallas <laughs> Merry Christmas Mr. Can you help me find the place I'm looking for? I'm waiting for the bus to Baltimore. Pale blue dress neatly pressed, collar made of lace. Snow white hair, cold black eyes, angelic face. I really need to get back home Cause I've got so many chores So I'm waiting for the bus to 
Baltimore That's where my two babies lie asleep Where Dad and Harvey decorate the tree This nice old man The house she had in Maryland Burned down in 94 Still she's waiting For the bus To Baltimore That's where her two Babies Lie asleep Where her daddy Decorates the Christmas tree My sister has moved to Phoenix so all that's left is me she needs me and sometimes late at night on the edge of sleep I think about that woman on the street and I wonder if she found the peace she was longing for oh I hope she found the bus the ball